Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Hi everyone, welcome back. Uh, It's a brand new semester here at the school that I work at. Uh, And so that means that we get to start a new chapel focus as I meet together with students. Uh, So uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be focusing on the book in the New Testament called uh, Philippians. Uh, This is such a great book. I I love it. Um, It's it's another one of the letters in the New Testament written by Paul. Uh, It's written by Paul uh, to Christians living in Philippi, uh, which is about eastern Macedonia. Uh, interestingly, Paul writes this book while he's actually in prison. Uh, and what's amazing about this is that uh, his main focus uh, to the church in Philippi uh, is about joy, uh, joy in the Lord. Uh, in fact, the thing is about 14 times uh, Paul mentions uh, joy. Now, this is a great topic, particularly for young people, I reckon, uh, because uh, we've got much to be thankful for uh, because of the work of God uh, through Jesus Christ, the Saviour. Uh, In this first talk, uh, I'm going to be looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Here, Paul gives his greetings um, to the Christians living in Philippi, and he tells them about his joyful prayers for the Philippians uh, in light of their partnership in the gospel, um, but also uh, because of the wonderful work of God in them, uh, which is bringing them to full completion, uh, which will finally take place uh, on the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, I hope this next talk um, is an encouragement to you, uh, and I hope you enjoy this series on Philippians. Don't forget, you can actually contribute uh, by asking a question. Uh, Follow the link that's given uh, in this podcast description, uh, and you can just record a little message, either say g'day or ask a question. I'd love to hear what you're thinking about Philippians. Um, Just as a little bit of a side, sorry about the audio quality uh, of this talk. Um, The original talk that I gave, uh, there was a really big failure in the audio. So I ended up having to give this talk again just in my office by myself. So while it's live, uh, it's actually to a room where it's just me. Um, But, you know, you're listening as well. Uh, So I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, uh, here it is. uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Enjoy. You know what I don't like is spider webs. I hate it when you're walking through a nighttime moment and as you walk along a footpath or maybe towards the front door of your house, a spider has made a beautiful web, but you don't see it and so you walk through it and the spider web wraps around your head and you feel the web wrap around your ears and around your neck. And then even as you rub the spider web off, there's just, it's still stuck to you. And so you do that weird, you know, the Spider-Man dance, the spider dance where you, you're flipping around and you start taking off your coat and your jacket and you're like, get it off! The spider webs on me. 
I can't help but scream in those moments. Not because I'm scared of spiders, but I just don't like the fact that there is a spider on me, let alone the spider's web. One time, uh, I was on a hike, and I got up early in the morning with my friends. We just packed up all of our camping gear, our packs were on our backs, and we were ready to head out on our day of hiking. And uh, as we stood at the trailhead, about to go down this single track that was quite dense, like there was probably about a metre wide trail or so, and um, and either side of it was just bush, really thick bush, uh, along the trail in front of us, we could just see, hanging between the trees, spiderweb after spiderweb after spiderweb, covered in dew, uh, sort of like the picture that's up on the screen at the moment. Uh, it looked pretty, but also at the same time, we were frustrated because there's this spiderweb and, and there was no way I was going first and there was no way one of my other mates was going first and, and we sort of stood there saying, I'm not going first, you go first, no, you go first, no, you go first, until finally one of our mates just said, look, I will go first and they picked up a stick and they walked ahead of us and they moved the stick up and down as they walked along and they cleared the spiderwebs out of the trail for us. They made a way for us. All the work was done for us. The spiderwebs were cleared so that we could continue to walk along that track until we got to the end without any worry. We could just walk on with joy. You see, Paul, he writes this letter of the Philippians to Christians living in Philippi about the work that God has done in them in clearing away their sin. God has done the work in them so that they could be confident on the day that Jesus returns. So let's have a look at these little verses. And we're just going to read um, six verses from Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, and discover just how Paul introduces himself and also how he thinks about the the Philippians. um, And we'll see what we learn here. So let's read it. It says, Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the first thing that we should notice here is that Paul and Timothy are together as this letter is being written. Paul seems to be the main writer of this letter, as we can see from context from this book. But Paul, it's interesting for us to know that Paul is actually writing this letter while he is in prison. It was about 62 AD, and Paul is actually locked up in prison during the rule of Emperor Nero. Emperor Nero was a terrible guy. He hated Christians, and he would lock them up, or worse yet, he would kill them in the most brutal of ways. Uh, One way that Nero killed Christians was he tragically put them on poles and lit them on fire and actually used them like torches to light up his garden so that he and his guests could have a party at night time, not in the dark. This guy was a bad guy. And this guy had locked up, essentially, Paul and put him in prison because he has been teaching about Jesus. But nevertheless, Paul writes this letter. And he writes this letter to these holy people, God's holy people in Christ Jesus, who are living in Philippi. He writes to them, and look at what he writes in verse 3. First of all, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Isn't that incredible? Paul is in prison. 
He's locked up. There's nothing happy about being in prison. And yet, he prays with thanks every time he remembers his friends living in Philippi. I don't know about you, but I know that my prayers are more often than not all about me. They're not about other people. But if I'm honest, it's super easy for me to pray about what I want, what I need. To pray with joy about the things that I have received for me. But Paul here, his prayers are directed to God in thanks every time he remembers the Philippians. In fact, in verse 4, he continues and he says, In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Isn't that cool? Paul is in prison and he is suffering and yet... He is praying heartfelt and positive and joyful prayers. Paul has an inner happiness here that directs his joy. Even as he is in prison, the external factors don't influence his joyful prayer. He always gives thanks to God every time he remembers the Philippians. And in all of his prayers, for all of them, he always prays with joy. I just want to say this is a great model for us, I think. This is a great model for us in the way that we pray. How do you pray, I wonder? Do you pray with joy? Always? What about the way that you pray? What prompts your prayers? Maybe you pray at certain times of the day. But why not copy Paul's method of prayer in verse 3? He prays prayers of thanks to God Every time he remembers his friends. So maybe you need to be more active in your prayers like Paul. And actually pray for things as you remember those things. Be intentional about praying when you think about certain people in your life. Let's continue on in verse 5. Paul says why he always prays with joy in all of his prayers for them. He says in verse 5, Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You see, these guys are in fact friends. They do actually have a shared partnership together, a shared venture or an activity, something that they do together, something that they have both of them at the same time. You see, both Paul and Philippians are Christians. They both are saved by Jesus. They both believe in Jesus, but also they share together in the gospel mission. They have a friendship and they have a common motivated task of mission. They are working together. And that's why he is able to pray with joy. They have friends and they're working together for the same reason, for the wonderful gospel. That has taken hold of them from the first day that they believed right up until the very moment that he is writing. And so being confident of this verse 6, that he who began a good work in them on that first day will in fact carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul looks ahead to what is going to happen because of the work that God has done in clearing the cobwebs or clearing the sin for them. God has begun a good work in them when he sent Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he has solved the problem of their sin, but at the same time, it's not yet completely 100% finished. It will be finished one day. It will be finished 
on the day that Jesus returns. Um, so, here's a question for you. I wonder, is there a work in progress that you have? Is there a project that you are working on at the moment? Maybe it's a major work. Maybe it's an assessment. Maybe it's a model that you are making or a song that you are writing. Mate, what is a piece of work that you have that's not quite done yet but will be completed? It's good to know, isn't it, that one day it will be finished. It's not quite finished now, but it will be finished. Well, it's the same for us. We are a work in progress because of what Jesus has done when Jesus died on the cross for us. We are God's handiwork. We are the work in progress of God's saving work. And so we look forward to the day when we will be made complete on the day that Jesus returns. I think there's two things we've got to think about here in light of that completion that is coming. First of all, it's whether or not you will be found complete in Jesus. God has done something extraordinary for you. He has sent his son for you. Jesus has died for you so that your sins would be forgiven. And so have you accepted that wonderful news? Do you believe it? And are you living it out? Because if you do live it out, then you can be sure that you will be made complete finally on the day that Jesus Christ returns. But the second thing I want to talk about is the reality that we face in our world, that we like things to be perfect. Whether it's perfect devices, whether it's perfect clothes, whether it's perfect relationships, whether it's perfect Facebook or Instagram posts, we like perfection. Be honest and think for a moment. The last time you posted a photo on Instagram, for example, how much time did you spend getting just the right photo, applying just the right filter, just tweaking the photo image so it was just right, so that it was absolutely complete? You're trying to present an image of yourself that maybe is not 100% true. We are obsessed with perfection, about making ourselves perfect. But the reality is we are not perfect. We cannot be perfect on our own. Uh, in this life, we will not be 100% perfect because of the tragedy of sin. But the good news is that one day we will be perfect. We will be made complete when Jesus comes back. So stop trying to be perfect by yourself. Trust in God and his work in you. Trust that God will not just begin a good work in you, but he will carry it on to completion until the day that Jesus returns. So trust in him and rely on him. As I read these verses, I can't help but learn that we are works in progress. That God has begun his work in us with Jesus' work on the cross. He has gone before us and he has cleared the trail, like that story I told at the beginning of this talk. He has cleared the trail for us, and so we need only trust in him and head forward for the day that Jesus comes back. So have you begun to trust in God and his work? Have you realized that you are a work in progress by God, and so will you continue to trust in him so that you would be ready 
for the day that he comes back. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's Word about how He has loved us and how He has saved us and who He calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK underscore Schroeder.